Hello and welcome to the Buzz on Earth podcast, a nosedive into the world of sustainability, renewable energy, environmental conservation and climate change. We are excited to have you with us today in this special lockdown edition of our Sustainability News podcast. After a year since the first lockdown, we are back to square one, at least in India and many parts of the world. How has the year been for the natural world in a year since the COVID-19 lockdown? Let's try to find out in this episode along with a mixed bag of other news that is vital for us from a sustainability standpoint. Twenty twenty was the year the earth changed. That's exactly the name of Sir David Attenborough's latest nature documentary I just watched. While we humans shut down almost everything, the natural world actually flourished, and there are many uplifting stories uh, that have come out of it. From hearing bird songs in deserted uh, San Francisco and seeing whales in Glacier Bay uh, to meeting capybaras in suburbs across South America, people worldwide have had the chance to engage with nature like never before. Sea turtles were able to lay eggs in peace without having to worry about humans frolicking on the beach and deer in Japan that had uh, relied on humans to feed them went back to grazing and healthier food. You must watch it for an incredible story from India, how the lockdown gave people in Assam the opportunity to ease the continuous conflict between humans and elephants. This film by Tom Beard is a love letter to planet Earth. It highlights the ways nature's resiliency and ability to bounce back can give us hope for the future. The Global Earth Day Summit, held in April this year, saw over 40 world leaders convene to reconfirm and expand their commitments to fighting climate change. Reclaiming global leadership on the climate crisis, U.S. President Joe Biden kicked off the two-day virtual Earth Summit with a pledge to halve U.S. emissions by the end of the decade based on 2005 levels. While India restated its uh, climate pledges and uh, requirements of the country as a developing nation, countries such as Japan, Brazil and Canada presented their new geared-up climate ambitions at the meet. The average global temperature has already risen by 1.2 degrees Celsius. This is making it difficult to keep the increase to well below the target of 2 degrees set by the 2015 Paris Agreement on Climate. Any positive step in this direction needs concerted efforts from the global leaders. As China reaffirmed its pledges for achieving carbon neutrality by 2060 and reaching peak emissions by 2030 at the climate summit, it remains to top the emissions chart with its combined emissions, exceeding that of the developed countries combined. Today, China accounts for 27% of the global emissions, nearly tripling over the last two decades. While it has taken measures to curb emissions such as boosting its solar industry and mandating ultra-low emission standards for industries, 
Climate Action Tracker and many such independent organizations have deemed its efforts as highly insufficient towards the Paris Goals. One of the major topics of focus for this year's climate summit was utilizing nature-based solutions for tackling climate mitigation and adaptation. Nature-based solutions are being widely used for disaster risk management as against entirely technological solutions due to their sustainable nature. A message from Archana Soring, who is a youth advisor to the UN Secretary General, said that indigenous and marginalized people do have the knowledge to protect forests and restore the world's relationship with nature, but such solutions could be effective only when the rights of this uh, indigenous and the marginalized communities over their land, their forests and territories were recognized and enforced. Clearly, the environmental and social goals for sustainability need to go hand in hand. It's certainly a matter of relief that populations of some endangered animals such as tigers and rhinos are increasing in India. However, estimates show that poaching doubled during the lockdown period. One of the possible factors involved is perhaps some people were either free or lost their jobs and therefore took up trading uh, in, in, in wildlife uh, as a source of income. The highest increase in poaching was reported to be of ungulates or hooved mammals, mainly for their meat. And among the big cats, leopards seem to have taken the hit, with nine of them being uh, killed by humans just during this lockdown period. This negative trend has unfortunately been observed in most of South Asia and needs to be looked into with greater priority. Did you know that India has seen a 30% increase in tiger population over the last three centuries? While we gear up for the International Tiger Day, which is observed every year on the 29th of July, it would be worthwhile to note that there are fewer than 4,000 tigers left in the wild. And India is home to 75% of the global tiger population. This is especially iconic as we have certainly done justice to tigers being our natural animal. With initiatives such as uh, Project Tiger, launched in 1973, along with many initiatives by the local communities, India has succeeded in its attempt to save an endangered and majestic species to a great extent. The slogan this year for International Tiger Day is, Their survival is in our hands. The idea is to create awareness of conserving tigers globally, because tigers are an umbrella species and their conservation directly impacts many other species in the same habitat. In August 2020, India declared that the Andaman and Nicobar Islands will be developed as a maritime and startup hub. That's fine. But the Environment Appraisal Committee, ESC, had flagged serious concerns about this uh, ambitious project for the island. The concerns were placed on the absence of key plan details such as infrastructure for seismic and tsunami hazards, 
freshwater requirement for the envisaged population, and details of the impact on the giant leatherback turtle, which is a vulnerable species nesting in the warm shores of the island. Furthermore, no details were provided on the number of trees to be felled, a number that could run into millions since uh, 130 square kilometer of the project area has some of the finest tropical forests in India. And the project has currently been now referred to uh, the independent institutions seeking impact assessment and advisory. In the backdrop of a cyclone Tokte, currently demonstrating its destructive capacity along the western coast, it is imperative to note that the strongest cyclones have become even more common across the world and scientists project that climate change will continue to make the strongest cyclones even more powerful. Moreover, climate change is increasing the damage that these cyclones cause in several ways by increasing sea surface temperatures that can make cyclones more powerful, increasing the rainfall intensity during the storm and rising sea levels, which increases the distance of storm surges that reach inland. Unplanned urban development and destruction of mangroves further add to the intensity of these hazards as felt by the local inhabitants. As the temperatures further rise, one can expect more such disasters and climate adaptation needs to be paid as much heed as mitigation. Leading risk and insurance companies Munich Re and Swiss Re have recorded a growing trend of non-geophysical hazards that can be attributed to mostly climate-related events. Noting in particular the impact of climate change on the banking sector, Munich Re said that strengthening the assessment and disclosure of climate-related risks will enable financial institutions to harness new business opportunities, serve customers better and help build the resilience and sustainability of the financial sector. Reports by Swiss Re estimate insured damages of $75 billion on average per year in the decade since 2009 therefore driving losses of, uh, to insurance companies in the extremes. Increased risk is uh, in, in protecting the uh, climate risk businesses and assets could consequently drive up insurance premiums. This will negatively impact uh, smaller businesses and finally consumers. Blockchain, uh, the powerful technology popularized by Bitcoin, is not just useful for securely logging financial transactions, but can also be utilized to significantly improve the transparency, accountability and traceability of greenhouse gas emissions from industries and hence enhance the accountability of key players in the carbon economy. The existing incentives such as carbon credits and debt for natural swap, which is DNS, can be strengthened with the help of enhanced reliability with blockchain. This creates a competitive environment for climate action and uh, provides a reliable platform for all stakeholders. So that's blockchain for climate action for you.
So having talked about the upsides of this new technology, let's look at some of the serious issues posed by blockchain itself. The most common products of blockchain such as Bitcoin and NFTs or non-fungible tokens which are nothing but digital collectibles require special computers with huge processing powers and these need a lot of electricity. Around 121 terawatts of uh, electricity annually equivalent to the annual carbon footprint as huge as that of the size of say Argentina. A single transaction of Bitcoin, for example, has the same carbon footprint as 680,000 Visa transactions. And creating an average NFT will generate around 200 kilograms of carbon, the equivalent of driving 500 miles in the average petrol-powered car. On a positive note, many innovations such as using blockchain for rewarding carbon-neutral agriculture as well as blockchain-based coins for funding cleanups are coming up and these provide scope for cleaning up the utilization of the blockchain technology. Sustainable funds in India attracted more than 36 billion Indian rupees in 2021, which is a jump of 76% from the previous financial year. Moreover, the uh, COVID-19-led crisis has only accelerated the demand for sustainable investing. Such funds offer exposure to themes such as renewable energy, low carbon, green transport and uh, environmental protection and um, these are often commonly referred to as ESG funds. Driven by increased investor interest in environmental, social and governance issues, that's ESG, Corporate India is also increasingly acknowledging the need to effectively manage the ESG factors as a means to mitigate business continuity risks as well as attract long-term capital from investors. ESG-conscious investing is just starting in India and investors are paying more attention on how socially responsible their portfolios are. Keeping in mind the growing ESG narrative in India, we at Buzz on Earth have partnered with the National Stock Exchange to bring mainstream ESG investing to all. Join us on the 25th of May to know more about the effective management and acceptance of ESG practices in India and stay tuned with us for more initiatives as part of the ongoing Earth Festival on our website. That's all. Friends, we had for you in this edition of the Buzz on Earth Sustainability News Podcast. This is Shubhadas, your presenter, signing off until the next episode of this special podcast series from buzzonearth.com. Thanks for tuning in.